it is so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name's Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And if you're joining us online this morning, a special welcome to you. And kids, I know Pastor and Brenda already greeted you, but I want to say welcome to Family Worship Sunday this morning to all our kids that are in here. I know one of the kids, he was a little bit bummed because he's like, I can't go rock climbing this morning. He had his heart set on being in the rock climbing room. So parents, I want to set your mind at ease. If your kids get a little bit wiggly, if they get a little bit giggly, it's okay. All right, this is Family Worship Sunday. So we understand we've created this service as short as possible because we know, hey, there's kids in here and sometimes they get a little bit antsy. So that's okay. Now, if they start sliding down the banister um, or jumping off of the balcony, you'll probably want to take them out into the hallway and have a conversation with them. But besides that, really, it's okay if your kids are talking, if they're writing on those sermon note pages or the offering envelopes. We normally collect about 35 of those on the floor after a family worship Sunday. So all of that, that's okay. All right, kids, we're glad that you're here. Now, Mr. Danny Cooper, he's one of our kids ministry directors. He made a video for us this past week to kind of set up the topic that we're going to talk about and introduce it to our kids and to our parents this morning so I want everybody to check out the video real quick from Mr. Danny Cooper all right and then we'll get started so that's the question we're asking this morning what are you afraid of what is it in your life that you face on a regular basis that you're afraid of now some of you you and kids included you might be afraid of the dark still and that's okay all right there might be some of you that still sleep with the nightlight on I think someone said they're afraid of snakes Okay, some of you are afraid of planes. Some of you are afraid of snakes on a plane. Um, There's every single one of us, we've probably at some point in time, we've all experienced fear. And, and for some of you, your fears are really, 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 really tiny. They're really small. And, and you were probably one of the people in my high school that had that bumper sticker on the back of their car, no fear. Did anyone go to high school with those people? Just me? Okay. And, and so I, they had those no fear signs, and those were normally the people that I was afraid of because I was like, what's wrong with you? You should have a little bit of fear. There's all of us, we, we have some fears, and there's fears sometimes. They're good fears. Fears have kept us from running out into the middle of the street in the traffic. Fears have kept us with touching a hot stove or playing with fire. Fears, sometimes they can be, it, it can be a good thing to have a certain amount of fear. But then there's some of you that are in this room, and, and your fear is paralyzing. I, I mean, if you're really honest, you, you have to take medication to help you with your anxiety and your fear. And, and if you didn't do it, then you'd probably be in a corner of the room, curled up in a ball, just because your fear is so overwhelming. And, and, and I'm not making light of that at all. And then there's the rest of us, probably the 80% of us, we, our fear is not super, super small. We have a, a healthy amount of fear, and, and our fear isn't overwhelming to where it's paralyzing. There, there's just an everyday, run-of-the-mill type of fear that you and I face. 
And, and I don't know if it's because we have access to a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week news feed. I, I don't know if it's because of the way that our climate is changing and there's more and more earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and, and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's the fact that we have an extremely amount of awareness from social media of everything that's taking place, again, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But Americans more than ever before are afraid. We live in a culture, in a society, and with a humanity that lives out of fear. And so we as a staff, we said, you know what, especially during this season of the year, maybe we should talk about it. Maybe we should talk about the fears that you are facing and the fears that I am facing because the Bible actually has something to say about fear. All throughout Scripture, you see questions and answers and people who are struggling with fear in their lives. And, and I want to just give a really quick baseline definition of what fear is. Fear is an emotion of this looming potential of danger in front of us. This looming potential of something dangerous or something bad or, or something sad happening in your life and in my life. It's this overwhelming feeling of, you know what, something bad could happen if I go into this situation or this circumstance. And fear's number one goal is this, church, it's to control you. Did you know that? Fear's number one goal is to control you. Some of you, you've never pursued a career You've never pursued a dream. You've never pursued a relationship because you're always wondering, you're always questioning, what if I don't get accepted? What if they don't hire me? What if she doesn't like me? What if it doesn't turn out the way that I've imagined that it would turn out? And so fear has held you captive, not just for weeks, not just for months, but for some of you, it's been years that it's controlled you. And so Jesus talks about fear. And for those of you who are new to the Bible, those of you who are new to church this morning, we're going to be in the New Testament. Now, the Bible's broken up into two, new, to two testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we're going to look at Jesus in, in a conversation that he has. And we're going to be in the book of Matthew. The first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. And if you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. It's going to be up on the screen for us this morning. But we're going to look at Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 28, and then we're going to rewind to Matthew chapter 8, and then we're going to fast forward to Matthew chapter 14. So we're going to go a couple of places there in Matthew. But Jesus talks about this, and, and I just kind of want to set up the scene that we're going to look at this morning. Jesus had 12 followers, 12 guys who followed him around. They were kind of his apprentice, those people who, who would kind of mimic and, and follow this rabbi from Nazareth. And so one day, Jesus looks at them, and, and he says to them, hey, we're going to break you up into groups of two, six groups of two, all right? Everybody pair off with somebody else. And Jesus says, and I'm going to send you out, and you may have heard this phrase before. Jesus came up with it. He says, I'm going to send you out like sheep among wolves. I've got some bad news, okay? I'm going to, oh, yeah, thank you for laughing at my cheesy dad joke. All right, so I, I've got some bad news. I'm going to send you out like sheep among wolves. And, and you're going to, some of you are going to be arrested. Some of you are going to be beaten. Some of you are even going to lose your life. But don't be afraid. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Jesus, time out. What would you just say? Yeah, don't be afraid, even though you're going to be arrested, persecuted, beaten, and some of you are even going to lose your life. Don't be afraid. Jesus, what do you mean, don't be afraid? 
And listen to what Jesus says in verse number 28 of chapter 10 in Matthew. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid. Hold on, Jesus. You said don't be afraid, and now you're saying rather be afraid? Which one is it? Is it A or B? Uh, which, which dot am I supposed to fill in on my scantron? Which one is, am I supposed to be afraid or I'm not supposed to be afraid? Jesus says, let me finish. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Oh, okay, Jesus, so we're not supposed to fear, but we're supposed to have some fear? We're, we're not supposed to fear some things, but we are supposed to fear... One thing, what, what is it? Jesus, can you bring it down to our level? Can you explain it to me? Okay, and so Jesus tells them a story. Are not two sparrows, which sparrows were worthless in this culture in this time, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And yet, not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And, and church, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. We have this enormous glass wall back here when you're leaving. And yesterday, when I was up here, there was a bird that had flown into the window and had fallen to the ground. And it wasn't good news for Mr. Birdie. Um, and so I had to pick him up and take him and uh, dispose of him so none of you when you were walking in this morning that you saw the bird. But I thought about leaving it out there because it's a perfect illustration. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, God sees every bird that falls. And, and I think God just did that for me to say, hey, Michael, you're on the right track. It's okay. So, and even... The very hairs of your head are all numbered, okay? I love my wife, Linnell, but I don't love her so much that every night before she goes to bed, I'm like, hey, Linnell, can I count the hairs on your head, okay? But he says God cares so much for you that he even has the number of hairs on your head counted. That's some extraordinary kind of love. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So Jesus, you, you said that God cares for the sparrows, but God saw the sparrow fly into the window and go, <laughs> and fall to the ground. Jesus, so you're, you're saying that sometimes bad things are going to happen, but we don't have to be afraid, even when there's something to be afraid of. And what I think Jesus is doing here, church, is he's connecting the dots. Because in chapter 8 of Matthew Jesus is having this experience with the disciples, and this is a very famous story. Jesus has, he, he's told his disciples, hey, we're going to get in a boat. That's why I brought this this morning. We're going to get in a boat, and we're going to go across the lake. All right, so we're going to get in this boat, and it was probably a lot bigger than this, and we're going to go across the lake, across the Sea of Galilee. Now, Jesus, he didn't have six tricked-out escalades with black-tinted windows that followed him around everywhere, Okay. Whenever the paparazzi came, he couldn't jump in his SUV and just drive away like so many famous people can nowadays, all right? Jesus had to hang out around the lake because whenever the multitudes would come to Jesus, and if you follow the Gospels, he's always around the Sea of Galilee. He's always hanging out around a lake. And so the reason that is is because when the crowds, hundreds and thousands of people are following Jesus because he's so famous, all right? And so whenever it's too much or Jesus needs to get away, he would tell his disciples, hey, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side of the lake. And so the Bible says that Jesus gets his disciples and, and they all get inside of the boat. And all of a sudden, there's this incredible storm that comes upon the Sea of Galilee. There's this enormous storm. There's lightning and thunder and the waves are crashing in inside of the boat. 
and all of the disciples are starting to freak out because they may drown. Now, some of you, some of you have experienced this. Some of you have been in airplanes and where the turbulence is really bad. Some of you have experienced tornadoes. Okay, my wife, she's from Oklahoma. She grew up, she was born and raised basically in the same house her whole life. And she's seen many, many tornadoes. Some of you have been in hurricanes. Some of you are from California. You've been in earthquakes. So all of us have probably, or at least the most of us, are, we've been in some type of natural disaster or close to it to where we're freaking out a little bit, where we're hitting the panic button and we're a little bit bit afraid and so imagine those feelings that the disciples are feeling they're about to drown and the bible tells us that jesus is in the boat and he's laying down and he's asleep inside of the boat now confession is good for the soul church okay so parents i know you can relate to this how many of you have ever pretended to be asleep while your kids are calling your name. Anyone in here besides me? Okay. Because Matthew says Jesus is asleep, and, and he probably was, but my take on it is Jesus is faking them out. All right? He's laying in the side of the boat, pretending that he's asleep. And there, I mean, because if a, a boat is rocking back and forth, if water's coming in, I'm probably sure that Jesus is not asleep. But he has his eyes closed, he has his head down, and he's pretending that he's asleep. And I've done this many times when my kids are throwing up or they're sick um, or I'm laying on the couch and they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing in the kitchen and they're like, hey, shh, dad's sleeping. And I'm like, yes. Go to your mother, please. Go find Linnell. Go find mom to clean up the mess. Daddy's asleep right now. But Jesus is asleep in the boat, or at least that's what Matthew tells us is happening. And I want to take a serious turn here really quick. Because there's some of you that you've walked away from Jesus You've walked away from God. You've walked away from the church. You've walked away from your faith that you had when you were a child. You were a child because it felt like Jesus was asleep. It, it felt like he was inactive, unattentive, and that he was late. And you were in a desperate situation and you were crying out to God. You were praying. You were attending church. You were doing all of the right things that you thought you were supposed to do. And it felt like Jesus was asleep in your storm. And so you walked away from God. And you said, if God is real, then he can't be good. And I don't even know if he is real because every time I pray or every time I ask him for this or every time I'm looking for him to do something in my life, it feels like he's asleep in the boat. And I would love for you to come back to your faith. I really would. Because I want you to understand something. You're not the first person who's ever felt that. The men and the women who actually saw Jesus with their very own eyes, who walked with him, who ate with him, who heard all of the jokes that he would tell on the dusty roads, all of those men and women didn't just think at some point in time that he was asleep or that he was inactive or unattentive or late, but they actually saw it with their own eyes. And if I had everyone in this room raise their hands, if they've ever felt like God was sleeping on them in the middle of the storm, every single one of us more than likely would raise our hands because at some point in time, it's felt like Jesus is asleep in the boat. 
And so Jesus gets up and listen to what Jesus says. <laughs> oh, you of little faith, why are you afraid? Which I would say if I was a disciple, time out, Jesus, permission to speak freely. When you are about to drown, you are afraid. What kind of ridiculous question is this, Jesus? Why am I afraid? I'm drinking water. I'm about to drown. I'm soaking wet. Peter can't control this thing. I mean, Jesus, why am I afraid? I'm about to die. What do you mean, why am I afraid? He replied, then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? that even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? Can I tell you what kind of man it is, church? A superman. He's a superman. He's not like any other man you or I have ever known. He's not like any other person that the disciples had ever met because even the winds and the waves obey him, and I love the Gospels because you can reach each of the accounts from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Mark, this is what he does. He takes the Greek form of fear, uh, the verb, and the noun form of fear, and he puts them together. And when John, or excuse me, Mark is describing the story, he says the disciples they feared a great fear. They were afraid of the lightning. They were afraid of the thunder. They were afraid of drowning. They were soaking wet. They were all afraid. But when they saw that Jesus spoke and that the winds and the waves obeyed him, they feared a great fear. They were even more afraid of Jesus than they were of the storm. That's why Solomon can write thousands and thousands years before this little sentence. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There's something powerful about the fear of God. Not just reverence for God, not just respect for God, but a fear of God. They feared a great fear. But the lesson's not over. In, in chapter 14, just one more quick story, and I promise we're almost done here. For those of you who are crossing, your arms all the men and looking at your watches I, I get it I'm a guy okay so we're, we're getting ready to land this plane all right so but in chapter 14 chapter 14 this is what it says that Jesus had just fed the 5,000 people and all of you know that story he took a little boy's lunch five loaves of bread and two little small fish and he breaks them and he prays for them and he hands them out and they just fed 5,000 people, and everyone's freaking out. And they know Caesar, in history, if you read your history books, Caesar had given people bread as an act to try to buy their loyalty. That's not why Jesus fed people, but they're like, hey, if Caesar can just give everyone a loaf of bread, I mean, Jesus just set out a buffet. Everyone was full, and they collected 12 baskets afterward. And so now everyone's wanting to make them king. And the verse tells us this, that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. You know why Jesus had to make his disciples get into the boat? Because they remembered the last time Jesus made them get into the boat. And what happened? There was a storm. There was panic. They were freaking out. And so they, he makes them get into the boat. He pushes it off. He's probably in about waist-deep water. And Peter's like, all right, Jesus, give me your hand. I'll pull you up. And he's like, no, I'm going to meet you on the other side. And the disciples go out. And now they're on the lake by themselves. 
and they're out there, and there's no storm this time, but the Bible tells us there's this huge headwind that they're trying to row into. This is the first stationary rowing machine. They're just like this, over, rowing, row, row, row your boat. All right, they're just rowing over and over and over again. The blisters on their hands are popping, and the Bible tells us that they rowed all night long. Listen to what this verse says. Shortly before dawn, in chapter 14, verse 25, shortly before dawn, they'd been rowing all night. Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Happy Halloween. It's a ghost! Who are you going to call? Okay, here we go. But immediately Jesus said to them, what does Jesus say? Fail, 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 fail. Guys, why are you afraid? Because you look like a ghost, Jesus. That's why we're afraid. That's why we're freaking out. He's like, no, don't you remember last time when you were afraid? And then I did something and I made you less afraid because you feared a great fear because of who I am and because of what I can do. Why are you still afraid? Why are you still letting fear control you instead of trusting in me why he goes on but immediately he said to them he didn't say fail he said take courage do not be afraid because jesus was with them okay jesus so you're with us in the storm exactly you're with us when we're working and we're working and we're trying and we're trying and we're trying to do our best to do what you said, but it's just not working out. You're still with us? Exactly. And even when all of these things come against us, we don't have to be afraid, right? And here's the little statement that I hope can take anchor in your heart this morning, and it's just simply this, that we don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid of. We don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid of. Because your first marriage didn't work out and it looks like your second marriage is going down the same exact road as your first marriage and now you're afraid. You went to the doctor this past week or maybe it's been this past month and the report and the tests that are coming back aren't coming back the way that you thought that they were going to come back. And now you're afraid. Your kids are going sideways, and you raised them in church, and you brought them to church every Sunday, and they went to a Christian school, but they're not living the way that you thought that they were going to decide to live, and now you're afraid. There's rumors or rumblings of them downsizing before the holidays at your job, and now you're in the boat, and you're sitting there, and you're wondering because you feel wet and cold and afraid and it feels like Jesus has fallen asleep again. And you're wondering, where are you, God? Why does it feel like these things just keep piling on and piling on and piling on? And Jesus says, you don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid of. Even when you don't know what's going to happen next, even when you don't know what the right answer is, even when it's not working out the way that you thought it was going to work out, 
God, if I do A, B, C, and D, then you promise to do E, G, F, and whatever else it is in the alphabet. I, I promise, Jesus, why isn't this working out for me the way that I thought it was going to work out for me? So I want us to participate, kids included. If you're watching online, I would love for you to participate. If you're in a coffee shop, you can whisper it, okay? But this is what I want you to do. They're going to put this up on the screen, this little statement. And you might be here this morning and you're like, well, Michael, I don't even believe in that. That's a lot of pie in the sky, hocus pocus. I, I really don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in all of this kind of stuff. I just, brought, I just came here because someone brought me and they promised me lunch or whatever it is that they got you to be here, okay? I still want you to participate. Because I hope one day you return to Jesus. I, I hope that you come back to your faith one day. But even if you don't, one day you're going to face a fear. And I hope that you can understand and realize how powerful this truth is that Jesus shared with his disciples over 2,000 years ago. So if you can put that statement up on the screen, and we're just going to say it together, that instead of I, we don't have to be afraid, even when there's something to be afraid of. So everyone, you ready? We're going to do this together. One, two, three. We don't have to be afraid. Even. Now I want you to make it personal, okay? Here we go. We're going to say, I don't have to be afraid. One more time. Kids, help us out. All right, here we go. One, two, three. I don't have to be afraid. Even. Now, I remember the very first time I got in a boat with my dad. And. We lived in northern Arkansas. There was a gentleman there by the name of Ed Pavalanis, and he had, a, he had a boat, and he was going to take us out fishing for the first time. And I've shared with you some of my fishing stories, my fishing experience, but this was going to be the very first time I was on a lake, not a pond, but on an actual lake. And my brother and I were getting ready to get on the boat. We had walked out to the dock, and all of a sudden, my brother is capti captivated by this fear of, what if something bad happens while we get on the boat? And so his tears start filling his eyes and he starts crying. And now I'm getting a little bit nervous because I see my little brothers crying. And so both of us basically have a panic attack right there on the dock. And we're like, Dad, please don't make us get into the boat. We'll do anything. We promise, Dad, we'll clean our rooms. Whatever it is, please just don't make us get into the boat. And so we embarrassed our dad, and so that was a lot of fun. But I remember Ed looking at both of us, and he got down on his knees, and he said, boys, he said, hey, guess what? I've been in this boat hundreds of times, and I've taken your dad out on this boat a few times with me, and I know how to swim, and I know exactly where to go, and I promise that we won't do anything that you boys don't want to do. So just get in the boat with us. And so me and my brother apprehensively stepped into the boat with Ed and my dad, and we went fishing, and we had an incredible time that day. I, I think I got sick, and I fed a lot of the fish, but besides that, it was really, really fun. And church, you, do you know why Jesus could tell his disciples that they didn't have to be afraid? Because Jesus knew exactly what they were facing. He knew exactly what they were going through. And he knew that even when there was something to be afraid of, that they didn't have to be afraid. And you know why Jesus can say to you today and to me that you don't have to be afraid? Because Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. 
He knows exactly what you're facing. He knows every tear that you've cried, every frustration that you've had, every anxiety that you're carrying with you that you haven't even shared with your spouse about. He knows every single one. And one of the gospel writers, he wrote this later on. He says, perfect love casts out, pushes out, drives out all fear. And there's a God that loves you, loves you enough that he died for you and for me. Loves you enough that he wasn't just going to do another miracle or just send us another TED Talk. He actually put the money where his mouth was and he went to the cross for you and for me. And then the Bible tells us that he rose from the dead. He came back to life. So you don't have to fear death anymore. You don't have to fear what someone can do to the body but not to your soul and not to your destiny. You don't have to be afraid of what everyone else in the world is afraid of. Jesus said it this way, don't be afraid. I've overcome this world. So when you go out into the world and you face all of the junk, all of the ridicule, all of the pain, all of the stuff that the world has to throw at you, remember Jesus overcame that for you and for me. And he said, I am with you. So don't be afraid. I want you to close your eyes for a second. Even the kids, all right? Kids, help me out with this just for a moment. And we're going to close in prayer here. I want you to think about what is it in your life that is causing you fear? What is it that you're afraid of? What is it? What's happening inside of your mind and inside of your heart right now that makes you afraid? For some of you, it's losing a child. For some of you, it's losing another child. For some of you, it's what I said earlier, what's going on at work, your health report, what's happening inside of your family right now. What is it that's making you afraid? Not knowing what the future holds, not knowing what's going on in our world and and all of the stuff that we hear on a daily and a weekly basis, what is it that you're afraid of? On behalf of your Savior, this morning with your eyes closed, I just want to tell you this. Fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. I am with you, Jesus would say. Fear not. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for preserving these words for us for thousands and thousands of years. Thank you for reminding us this morning that we don't have to be afraid. And God, we thank you that you are with us even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the questions that we're facing even with all of the fears swirling around us, God, you have promised, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. So God, I pray for every high school student, for every college student, for every mom and dad, for every young adult, for every grandparent, God, I pray, would you remind them this morning that they don't have to be afraid, even when there's something to be afraid of that you haven't forgotten about them, 
that you're not ignoring them, that you're not mad at them, but God, that you love them with an everlasting love. And God, would you put their minds and their hearts at peace this morning? God, would you whisper to the storms, peace, be still. Peace, be still. God, thank you so much for this reminder this morning. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.